This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and I am with my trusty cohort, Sarah Kumar. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Let me turn up volume so everybody can hear you. Actually, I'm starving. Oh, shoot. I didn't make myself. Huh? I, I turned it up too much, and you were too loud. So Sarah's going to be eating while we discuss. And so... Uh, I am not. So probably 15 to 20 minutes in the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about why we believe that dieting in general is, you know, really not the solution for people. And then we're going to talk about what we do believe that solution to be. And I know a lot of people are going to... Gonna, um, Say, well, gosh, you talk about this a lot. Yeah, we do. That's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what this <laughs> podcast is for. Um, but I but I think we've got some new angles that I think are going to be interesting to people because if if you're in that abusive relationship of of you know um, dieting, right? We've talked about this before. Dieting be an abusive relationship. The more you snuggle up to the abuser, right, the worse right. it's going to be. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what we did uh, in July that really could change the course of the whole industry. And um, because it's fairly obvious to anyone paying attention that almost no one has success. Let's see. Um, someone is saying they don't see sound. I, I bet it's probably just an issue where... Um, they, hmm, let's see. Okay. So Nicole's saying she can hear. So it might just be an issue. He needs to hit the thing. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about, uh, baby driver and how that was one yeah. of the best movies of the summer. Um, the only problem that I had with baby driver was the fact that, uh, it seemed like the last 15 minutes, it just went into like this weird land. Like it was so good. Spiral. The thing yeah. that the thing that the movie that reminds me of that more than anything was the movie Heat. Heat was probably the best movie that um, I'd ever seen, and then it just like went brain dead for like the last fifteen minutes. And I know there's people right. that love Heat, but this is a fairly uh, a fairly regular. Um, you know, thought process with, with the movie Heat. And um, I think that that was similar to Baby Driver. Not saying don't see it, because I think you should see it. It was a great movie. Oh, I love Baby Driver. And even, I like, I personally liked the craziness. <laughs> We've had this conversation. Yeah. But I, I I'm aware. Of, what? <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> um, it reminded me of like a Pulp Fiction kind of really way out there um twists at the end yeah yeah it, it i just you know the the movie that i thought the movie that surprised me that mm -hmm. um didn't get more love that i think is probably one of it's probably in my top 10 is the town um See that movie. You didn't see the town? Like you have to immediately like there are movies that if you have not seen, you have to watch this weekend, right? Okay. The town would be one of them. 
Um, Warrior, that would be one of them. Uh, Who's in the town? Uh, ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner, only like every A-list star ever. Um, yeah. But the town put it all together, right? And I, I know you've seen the scene because I've sent it to you. Right, a where, million times. Yeah, where um, he says, I'm not, you know, you can't ask me any questions. You, I can't tell you where we're going. We're just going to go somewhere. We're going to hurt some people. I want to know if you're willing to help. Who's driving? <laughs> you know, um, that was one of my favorite, favorite scenes of that movie. I probably butchered it. Um, the other movie um, that I know a lot of people have seen is Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, as a gambler, I love that movie just because, um, you know, it's got one of the best gambling scenes. But it's also kind of a shoot 'em up um uh, you'd be thoroughly entertained even without that, right? Right. Um, I think that's a Guy Ritchie film. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's interesting with movies. I, I, I like, I, I go in phases with movies. Yeah. Um, I, this summer I wanted to do more movies than I did. Problem is, is yeah. that every weekend is like a comic movie, you know? Oh, yeah. And they're all good. Every single yeah. one of them is a Rotten Tomatoes 96, right? They're all right. good. And they are better to see in the movie theaters, but it's just like, man, you know, it feels like um, we're losing. Well, unless you have, like, unless you're a comic goer or, like, you have kids who, like, they're like, nope, it's going to suck. It's totally off the, off the storyline. Yeah. You know, like, any movie that's comic related, that's not according to how it's supposed to be from the comics they're like it sucks no. yeah um you know one of the ones that i was thinking of recently that i need to rewatch is the bane version of batman oh my god the i love that movie with bane oh hey that's another really great movie the one with Charlize theron that he was in that he um, was in Mel Gibson did the old movie of it. What was that called? I mean... This is making for a riveting podcast. I know. I'm sorry. What, are you talking about Tom Hardy or are you talking about... Um, Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. Yeah, they were in Mad Max. Mad Max. Did you see Mad Max? Mad Max was okay. I, I didn't, you know... Oh, Someone's asking, is this that. going somewhere? No, that's the whole point. Like this podcast tends to go nowhere until we find a groove. So right. um, if that bothers you, you might want to move on to something else on the internet. There's memes, there's kittens, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the internet. It's probably way more entertaining than us talking about movies from the summer. Um, but, uh, so I wanted to talk about a couple things before we get into the topic of the day. Um, one was Big Brother and the result of Big Brother. I felt like you lost interest in Big Brother um, kind, kind of midsummer, and so you didn't follow it all the way to the end. No, uh, -uh. but I did just see the um, the last one where they're all in this round circle. Yeah, but then it, they lost me. Like all the going arguing. Yeah, see, it's like watching the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. That was that's that's my version of this. You know what I think is interesting about it. You know, because there was a lot of interest in the CrossFit world because of 
Christmas Abbott. I've watched all 19 seasons. I'm a big fan of it. Um, Vicky, my wife, thinks that I would be a horrible player. Um, I think that I would be a great player, you know. Um, but uh, the the mistakes that people make. Well, first of all, like who can leave their life for a whole summer? You know, and I'm not saying that half a million dollars isn't a lot of money, but right. but when you look at the odds of it, right? And you've got say 15 people, you have to divide 500,000 by 15 to come up with what you believe your expected value is is, right? And so if your expected value is somewhere around 60,000 before taxes, then I don't know that that's worth leaving your life, right? But of course, all these people that are in their young t lower 20s, they got nothing else going, you know. Well, so I think the other, the other part of that is they think, you know, the avenue to kind of a little bit of fame and exposure for other things down oh the my road God. for them. Best thing Christmas Abbott could have done. I, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Christmas Abbott previous to this. I you know, mm -hmm. um, I think you know, what she had to do to kind of get, you know, her million fans on Facebook. Right. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that didn't really like the half naked pictures. I mean, I'm a guy, so, you know, of course, <laughs> you know, like right. a half naked no, picture doesn't okay. bother me the it's same way bad. that it bothers women. Um, not yeah, but <laughs> wait, 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 okay. I know we're, I know we're going to unfollow this channel, but let's just look at a few more posts. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. You think she's a four? <laughs> oh, my God. She's definitely not a four. Um, but um, the she is the one that will capitalize from this the most, I think. Right? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, she's already got a lot of fans. Um, I probably read a book about it. Well, hopefully, and hopefully it's a lot better than her nutrition book, because her nutrition book was horrible. Um, right. But I went into it, you know, um, really not expecting a lot from her. I didn't really know what her personality was like, and I came away a much bigger fan of her as a person, right? I think the more that she moves into, like, the fitness realm... You know, like I could see her doing real good um, in, you know, a version of beach body workouts, right? That kind of thing um, where, you know, people would follow her. She's obviously fit. She's been working out her whole life. Um, but I did think from a game theory standpoint, the whole the whole thing played out really interestingly. Because the, the main character, the guy that was pulling all the strings, really made a lot of big mistakes towards the end. And, you know, what was best about it. So, when I played poker professionally, um, I played with po poker with people that were much smarter than me all the time. Right? Right. That's the best way to do it. Um, not necessarily, right? but it depends. Like um, no, you typically want to play, play with people that aren't as good as you, but they were smarter than me, but they weren't better than me. And what mm -hmm. the reason that 
they often had issues was because of their ego. And when you let your ego get involved, you know, I always loved it when people had this impression that poker should follow a certain pattern, right? And whenever I knew that someone wanted poker to follow a certain pattern, I knew that I could get in their head relatively easily, you know? Um, and so, so playing, that's the thing with getting your ego involved, um, in, in something like that. First of all, it's very humbling. I still think the, the main guy was like, how did I lose to these idiots? I mean, this was a guy with like photographic memory, um, just really did a good job on the cerebral side of things, but didn't really consider the fact that people were going to talk behind his back. You know, and and that that really hurt his gameplay towards the end. Um, the other thing that I was going to talk about, there's actually two pieces um, for anyone that is an Eat to Perform member. You get a training template and a lot of us have been doing everything hurts. Um, yeah. In doing everything hurts. Um, well, first of all. Everything Hurts is really done in a recon cycle. So if you're not familiar with Eat to Perform, basically there's three cycles. There's fat loss, recomp, and muscle gain. You can't do everything hurts in fat loss, because right? everything will not just hurt, it will fall apart. <laughs> yeah. But um, last night was my last, that was my last day on phase two. And so I'll be going mm-hmm. to phase one. I've actually never, I started in phase two, weirdly enough. Yeah. I um, remember that. Phase one is bad. Just let me tell you, phase one is just as bad. I'm excited about phase one. You know, um, mm-hmm. it took me probably three weeks to really get a good head of steam with, um, and I, I screwed up the last workout, you know, mm-hmm. um, because we don't have videos yet for phase two. We're hoping to have those up next week um so a lot of times i walk go ahead what did you screw up day six the one with the where you're supposed to go five second eccentric and five second concentric um someone's saying how many days a week is everything hurts it's six days a week um i vary it sometimes i i do four or five days depending on how much recovery i need I typically do it in about an eight-day cycle um, just because, um, you know, there's lots of reasons where, you know, if I get, um, if my sleep starts to, to hurt or something of that nature, I will uh, pull it back a little bit. But in general, I try, I mean, the nice thing about Everything Hurts is that it's a, it's a really, I see a lot of people, you know, ever since I moved to Lifetime, um, I see a lot of people going around the gym kind of not knowing what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think this is going to fill a big gap for a lot of those people. Um, right. And then, of course, we have Brad's template for the people that are on the fat fat loss side of things. And uh, we, we just plan to keep building off of that, you know, because uh, one, you know, I, I know a big goal, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm imagining it's going to be quarter the first quarter of 2018, but we want to get all all these programs in 
to the app. But I tell you, you know, after roughly four weeks of consistently being able to hit this, I feel like I'm wearing a muscle suit all the time. You know, That's um, awesome. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, last night, uh, <laughs> I ended I ended up falling asleep around seven o'clock last night, like for about oh my gosh. for like fifteen to twenty minutes, oh. and um, I woke up just like full of energy. Um, and I hate doing that, you know, because it messes up my sleep. Yeah. And of course it did. Uh, so I felt full of energy. So I ended up doing some ab work. And um, Vicky was making some soup in the kitchen. Vicky, my wife. Um, which, by the way, it's our anniversary today. Um, it's Happy the, anniversary. It's the anniversary of the day we met. You know, it's sort of a made-up anniversary because we really don't remember. We don't remember the exact day we met, but... It's pretty close to this day. The story uh, is adorable, though. Yeah. Um, wh which story? Because there's two stories. Um. So the one that um, you were going to breakfast. Going to breakfast. At the restaurant. You were at the restaurant. Oh, that yeah. Okay, so there's there's two stories. Um, there's I I was at Perkins. Um. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit longer story. The other story is that the 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 real story um, of how we actually met. She was on a date with another guy. Did I tell you that story? The football game? Yeah. Yeah. So he, she was on a date with another guy. And I had on a pink biker's hat. And I was, um, you know, trying to intercept the ball and ran into a fence. And so the guy that she was on a date with um, had to go in for me, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Um, but someone's asking. So, someone's asking if I schedule my rest days. Um, yes and no. Um, usually my rest days, um, oddly enough, um, are on the days that I eat the most. Though typically on Saturdays, I do tr tend to try to work out um, just because I you know, have the, the most time. But it, it, with everything hurts, it's been really easy to get in these workouts. They're usually you know, anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. So I haven't had to worry yeah. about that near as much as I used to worry about working out. So um, normally on my suit, on my super... That's huge with this program. I yes. love that about this program. Yeah, you can just get in and get out so you know. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why a lot of people like CrossFit, right? Yeah. Is because, yeah. hey, it's an hour, I'm in, I'm out, I kill myself, boom, done. You know, <laughs> um, and this has kind of some similarities to that. But I will say this, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, last night, you know, after doing the ab work, once I once I took that seven o'clock nap, um, I I my wife is like in her you know pajama gear, you know what I mean, ready yeah. to ready to go to bed, and uh, I'm like, you got to see this, <laughs> you know, and I, and so I took my shirt off, and I I mean I don't think I've ever seen so many results so quickly i mean i i send mike a message all the time like dude thank you you know um 
and I knew that the basis awesome. for a lot of this stuff, but the the whole idea of of holding the contraction and slow contractions and things of that nature. Yeah. Monster, monster move. Um, well, and focusing on the contraction also, right? Focusing on the the get, movement instead of yeah, getting the blood going through the motions, getting the blood into the muscle, you know, that kind of thing. Getting that, you know, where you feel it, you know. Um, I mean, we joke about everything hurting, um, and you do end up being sore. You know, after a few weeks, you end up being less sore, but you probably should feel it. You know what I mean? When you are yeah. trying to build muscle. I, my fear is that a lot of people just look at it like it's a, a wad, you know, and it really isn't a, a wad. Let's see. Yeah. Are you just doing everything hurts and your steps or do you also CrossFit too? Um, I only do everything hurts. I My steps basically happen normally. I do not uh, really focus on steps because I'm trying to build muscle. And so uh, if anything, I'm trying to keep my steps relatively low. Um, but I, you, it's definitely not recommended that you do CrossFit also. Um, in fact, you know, you, I would argue that it's counterintuitive to running a cycle. Yeah. I know we do have a lot of boxes that are, are um, doing basically the um, remix version, which is... Uh, you don't need machines for it. You don't need Global Gym. And uh, that might be something that I'll look at at, at some future point because I do have a garage gym or, in my case, a basement gym. Um, the other thing that I've done is I started to take creatine um, more regularly. And uh, creatine is one of those things I just get out of the habit of taking it. But I'm pretty sure... I'm not going to get out of the habit of taking it anymore. Oh, um, no way. Not not when everything hurts like that. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, I think, you know, it's like anything. Once you start to see results one way or the other, um, you, you're, you're more inclined to, like, stick to that program, right? And so whenever I see somebody backing away from anything – I go, well, you know, part of the reason is you might not be seeing what you were hoping to see from that. And uh, while the creatine and, and you know, I'm sure is helping my workouts, the one thing that it seems to be helping more than anything is my brain. Um, yeah. I take it with, uh, this is not really a creatine podcast so you know that would be a good one for brad um yeah and we can maybe we, someone's asking explain creatine but creatine basically um pulls muscle into your energy is known to have cognitive benefits if you wanted to learn everything about creatine the best place to go is examine.com um, they have great um, resources for any supplement that you you would take but creatine is one of those things that I just believe that everyone should take because, you know, it, you don't, especially like my daughters are vegetarians and uh, we've got them considering taking it. My youngest daughter mm -hmm. is starting to take it on um, real low dosage. Um, mm -hmm. But what I found is, and, and the way the creatine works, it's, it's really a saturation thing. So the more you take it, the more your body is receiving it better 
right? And the more that your energy reserves are there, you know, and, you know, Brad can explain to you all the ATP and things of that nature is just, it's just better explained by a science person. But at the end of the day, your brain is positively affected by creatine. And that's what I'm seeing the most. I'm, you know, we do a lot of reviews where we're working on the computer and it's shocking the the effect of creatine on my brain um, positively. Now I am taking it with carbohydrates. Um, I was taking two scoops of Vitargo, which is like a, a starch. Um, and I've gone down to one scoop because like two scoops was starting to feel like a little bit much for me. Yeah. Um, half a scoop. But take. But taking it with uh, with carbohydrates is known to be slightly better, you know. Um, and all these slightly betters is, you know, does add up to be um, a better approach long term. All right. So let's get to the main point of the podcast because it's a little different slant on um, on what we talk about related to, to fat loss. And... The one thing that we used to do, um, what what are good brands of creatine to buy? I use concrete, um, monohydrate if if budget is yeah, concerned. Yeah, I use the monohydrate from the vitamin shop. Monohydrate capsules. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what. Maybe it's Optimum Nutrition. I I, I can't remember, but mm-hmm. but monohydrate capsules um, are are just fine. You know. Uh, yours um, monohydrate capsules are not worse than concrete just concrete is a little bit more water soluble so um, as long as you're um, okay with dealing with a little bloat on occasion that's what um, you'll be fine but as long as you're doing and saturating you know, over time, consistently taking it, you will see cognitive benefits. You will see muscle benefits. All right. So one of the things that was, uh, that came up this week and I posted a video of it. Um, and you know, it was the, what's your why guy. Right. And you know, I've heard that and I've had different seminars that talked about it and things like this, but I'd never watched his specific TED talk. And it really said something that I think just exemplifies who we are and who you need to be if you're considering Eat to Perform as your fat loss solution. Okay, so the people that are going to benefit from from eat reform as their fat loss solution, they have to believe that dieting is the problem, right? Right. And you have an overwhelming amount of evidence against you or against dieting, right? Right. Um, under three percent of people succeed dieting i was watching this documentary on hbo and i expected it to be horrible because all these are right they all have a slant 
Um, but the episode that I was watching was called Choices. And it was interviewing all these various people. They did talk about moving. They didn't talk about moving enough, but they talked about moving. I haven't watched it all yet, so maybe they got to the resistance training part, but I didn't see that. I think part of the problem that happens in kind of, you know, dieting thought process is down, 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 and using move, yeah. movement as a way for down. And one of the things that they talked about was that if you, like, let's say that I was 135 pound female and Sarah's 135 pound female, but Sarah did not have to diet to get to 135 pounds. She would be able to eat more than I would for the rest of her life. And they didn't really, you know, they, they kind of said, hey, you're sort of screwed, right? This is well known. The more you diet, the worse you are at dieting. What they didn't talk about, though, and I'm sort of surprised that they didn't, was the value of muscle to fill in that gap, right? Right. And so they're, you know, they use the example that if you were eating 2,000, and the reason why you, you know, I'm, I'm making some assumptions, so, you know, just understand that this is a little bit opinion, but, but it's also based on some of the facts that we know. I mean, we literally deal with thousands of people and the people that have the most muscle, I just lost Sarah. Um, the people that have the most muscle do tend to, uh, do the best. And the people that are working towards muscle gain are also doing the best. So when you look at so a female that's 135 eating 2,000 calories, that person's going to naturally have more muscle than the person that's dieting all the time because they aren't right. giving their body the, the appropriate amount of raw materials to continue on, right? So you know, if you're constantly snuggling up to less, you're going to compromise your metabolism as a right. result. So that's why it surprised me that they weren't really exploring the fact that muscle, but they're really looking at it from the standpoint of severe obesity, right? And the one thing uh, that I can say that I know for a fact about severe obesity is that moving has to be part of the process. Every time we see somebody trying to snuggle up to less calories that weigh 350 pounds, if they can't move, they're screwed because you have right. to, you have to get to a place where movement becomes a priority in your life. You you just can't and and walking isn't necessarily enough nor is it beneficial for many of those folks. If you're a 350 pound man, the one thing that I know about you right off the bat is that your metabolism isn't as bad as you think. Um one, especially if you're you've been eating in, unless you've been, mm -hmm. if, unless you dieted your way there, if you dieted your right. way there, you have probably probably compromised your metabolism. But even in that scenario, your body has had to adapt to that stimulus, so you have a high level of muscle mass compared to the majority of people. And so what that means is, is that if you're a 350 pound male, 
doing something that's strength-based as part of a cardiovascular. You know, one thing that we see a lot with males that are 350, females that are 275, 300, is that their resting heart rate is really super high. You know, right. And they often go too aggressive too quickly because they want, you know, unrealistic results right. too fast, right? So if you've been dieting your whole life all the way to say 350 or even in the case of, of you know, someone that's 155 pounds that's been trying to manage their weight and try to get to 138. I mean, we talk about all these different things, but if you believe that dieting, like a lot, a lot of people have a problem with the fact that I say that dieting is the problem and food is the answer, right? right. Lots of people yeah. have a problem with that. Why? Because they want to snuggle up to that abusive relationship. He'll right. he'll be nice to me this time. I I know he's I know he's got a loving heart. <laughs> yeah. He said he was sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's the problem with dieting is that it all the things that are not now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, in our process, the the calories are going to undulate. Right. We're looking for variants. We're trying to get things moving. But the biggest thing that I would say that each performers have that the regular population does not have is that they believe that they are the answer. We are the solution to our problems. And yeah. if, if 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 you believe that dieting is the answer, if you believe that someone should give you a list of foods, if you believe that that calories are the answers to your problems, you're not going to be a good eat to performer. You have right. to believe that dieting is the problem. You have to believe that food is the answer. And you have to believe that you are the solution to all of your problems, right? Right. Someone climbed to the summit of Everest first. That person did not have a roadmap. A lot of people probably died trying to do it. <laughs> right? But somebody made it and they figured that out in that process. And that's what I think that we are for people is that what we do is we take the lessons that we've learned because most of us were, were where you guys are. Um, I can tell you for 10 years, uh, I never viewed fitness as part of the solution because I knew that if I was dieting, if I was low carbing, all the things that people use, I just didn't feel like exercising. So exercising oh, could yeah. not be part of the solution for me. And when I realized I needed to just man up, you know, um, it was just too obvious at that point. I, I banged my head against the same rock over and over and over again, right? Yeah. But when you look at all of our free trial pushes and stuff like this, I mean, there are thousands of people that we're helping every day. We will get off this podcast and Sarah and I, with another team of people, will do another 500 reviews. That's how many people that we help with Eat to Perform. Every day. Every single Every day. day. Every single day. Except weekends. Yep. Um, yeah, except weekends. Woohoo! 
<laughs> and uh but the best part about it is, you know, so so here's here's the problem with bringing on thousands of people during the free trial, okay? First of all, if you're another business, um, especially another business in the dieting industry, you know, um, good luck to you, right? Because we pretty much just screwed you, you know. Not only do we not charge for the 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 basic calorie plan we do not charge for the template what we're doing is saying to people we're willing to give you everything that everyone else is charging for to audition you to see if you believe what we believe right and so if you believe that you're the solution to your problems, if you believe that food is the answer, if you believe that dieting is the problem, we give you all the resources for free to try us out. But the one condition that we have for you is that you have to do it. And if right. you're gonna talk about doing it, not enough, right? <laughs> right? It's a coaching program, you know? And you see a lot of people like, no, man, seriously, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. This is the time. Yeah. And it's like, um, is there like a, a list of carbs, you know, <laughs> that I can get? No, it, there isn't. I mean, like Google it. Starches. That's what we tell you. Starches, you know, starches. You can, you can cover a lot of ground with just rice and potatoes, right? Right. I mean, people want to make this complicated because they're setting up their failure scenario right oh yeah i was gonna say that's the like the path to excuses yeah i mean creating obstacles there is no question that a lot of people well, first of all it's not natural to diet i mean what one of the things that's interesting you know from our standpoint is you know most people that start eating reform start in fat loss right mm -hmm. and so trying to get you know, their behavior, their sleep good, their steps good, um, getting their macros right, all that other type of stuff, you know, that fixes a lot right there. Mm -hmm. But that's where most people fail, right? Where the majority of people succeed is on the recomp portion. It's interesting because we have a lot oh, yeah. of people that on October 2nd will be going through a fat loss cycle after a performance recomp cycle. When you look at how we do it, no one in the industry does it the way we do it. And we used to do it like, so So here's how the diet industry works. This is the best way to explain it. So the diet industry gives you a menu, right? You go to their site, you know, there's a calculator and the diet, you're looking at the menu and you're like, how much weight would you like to lose? One pound a week. Ooh, that sounds interesting. But this three pounds a week, that sounds even better, right? And so, so when you choose, you inherently choose the wrong thing. And the right. other thing that the diet industry assumes is that you were an overeating. And you may mm -hmm. or may not have been, right? And so if you're eating, you know, um, and you get your menu, right? And you're eating... 1800 calories and they're basing it off of kind of an average intake of people you know that for females might be 2200 for males it might be 2800 
if they go, if they they do the math, right, and they go, okay, fifteen hundred less than twenty eight hundred is thirteen hundred. Fifteen hundred less than twenty two hundred is seven hundred. Right. So they oh give you your seven hundred calorie plan, right? Because you you came to them with the menu. The only problem is is that you hit a wall super fast in that scenario. Right? And everyone knows this. Everyone's done this a million times. Anyone writing you a plan that you cannot stick to is a horrible coach. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like if yeah. you're if you're watching a spreadsheet and you're like, I don't think I can eat 600 calories a day. By day three, you not only hate yourself, you not only hate the carrots and chicken that you have, to, you know, piecemeal throughout the day. But you hate the plan, you hate your husband, you hate your kids, you hate all the PTO, right? And so you don't get anywhere, right? So what we do is when we take somebody in in fat loss, and it really is interesting because a lot of people have a lot of success with fat loss actually eating more because they're able to do more their body yeah. naturally responds better. They're sleeping more. All the all the really positive things. They, we we are able to get people a lot of success right off the bat. But the real magic happens when we move people to recomp. When we move people to recomp, what we're trying to do is get your calories up to a place where you can get a significant amount of muscle gain over a certain amount of time, right? And that's the big idea. The big idea is that you are the machine. You're the one that can make all the difference for yourself. And so if you're going to do that, you're going to need a significant amount of food. So you've already lost weight when you first came in. Now we got your calories up to, to much higher than you probably think. I mean, like we publish all these plans on the Eat to Perform main page so you guys yeah. can see. And it shocks people. They're like, man, I would gain so much weight. You don't know that. You're not right. You're wrong. Right. You don't understand that you are causing your own problem, right? Yeah. Um, it's like all these people that are under eating and can't figure out why they're losing their hair and their nails are bad no. and they are yeah. sick all the time. It's like, well, you are causing your own problem, right? And so when we get your calories up to a significant point, so now all of a sudden, let's say that um, you are a female. And, you know, I would say the average female in each form is probably eating somewhere between 26 and 2700 calories, right? Right. Rather than giving you a menu and saying, how much would you like to lose? Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be nice for this three pound a week option? You know, you know, it's fairy tale land. They pulled that shit on you so many times and every single diet pulls water out of your body. And then yeah. by the time you're in week two, you hate everybody, right. you know this isn't going to work, and worst of all, you gain it all back with interest, right? Yeah. So when, you know, and, and we, we walked people through this idea, you know, in the podcast a couple weeks back, but when you have somebody at 2,600 calories and you can get them to a significant deficit at 1,800 calories, right? Yeah then they see much bigger progress and we pull them out. So the difference between eat to perform and everything else out there is that if you come to us, right? 
and let's say that you've been doing Eat to Perform and you, you, you went through a fat loss cycle and you're in a recomp cycle and you went to a tailgate party um, and, and your weight is up three to four pounds because you drank a lot of beer and had a lot of wings, right? And then on Monday, you come to me and say, I want to move to fat loss. You're going to get no. Right? right, we're the first place to ever say to you no, and we right. didn't used to do that. We used to let people dictate that process more, yeah. but what yeah. we've been able to do with the app is we've been able to set people up for these cycles. So think about that. If you knew that dieting was the problem, and it's well documented that the more you diet, the worse you get at dieting. We are mm -hmm. making you not diet, right? And you go, well, you know, but but he's so nice when he's not drinking, you know, he, he <laughs> I, I know, I know he's a good person, you know, that's the problem is that no one said to you, you can't not diet in this situation. All you need to do is have some water, chill out, and you'll, you'll set up a scenario better. And so... We have about a thousand people that are starting up on um, a fat loss cycle that have their calories up to a significant point. They've been working on muscle. And so I've done a, a few videos this week talking about, you know, when you're eating an adequate amount of food and when you're doing an adequate amount of work, your number has to change, right? Yeah. And so if you're, you know, 150 pounds, but in a recomp cycle, you know, you ended up gaining two to three pounds of muscle, that 15 pounds that you thought you needed to lose becomes 12 pounds. And by the way, 20 to 30 pounds is a wish, right? 10 to, 10 to 15 pounds depending on who you are. So let's say that you're a 160 pound female and you're five, three, 10 pounds should be, should be the expectation that you should have going into a fat loss cycle. As long as you've gone through a significant recomp cycle. One of the problems with the recomp cycles though, is that they've been relatively short, right? Right. And so if, if as an example, so we, we have some people, you know, that started in July, they went on vacation, they panicked, they went into the training room, you know, there's all these different things, you know, we're still letting a lot of these people go in, but, but we have a great example of, of one of the performers that actually started recomp, she was one of the earliest recompers, and right. she started recomp in May, and because she had that four to five months of, uh, under her belt, she actually started her fat loss. So let's see, May, June, July, August. And so she started in September. So she had four months under her belt when she went into recomp. Mm -hmm. She's on day 18 and I believe she's down seven pounds right now. Now, awesome. a lot of people will go, well, isn't that water? Yes, but water does matter. Right. So she's certainly oh, yeah. lost the prerequisite water. But my point being is that you could do the other guy's plan where you went, oh, wouldn't that three pounds, wouldn't that three pound option be awesome? 
You know, um, you would lose water too, but you get to the place of miserable fast. She's not in the place of miserable. Her calories aren't extremely low because she started at a higher point. The problem is, is that most of you guys, you've been dieting since you were 12 years old. And so your calories aren't to a point where, you know, you can see significant progress, you know? Right. And the one thing that, that we know that, that really no one else knows, no one else is doing this. And the reason why they, they aren't doing it is because they don't have the technology to do what we're able to do. They're not able to adjust people's plans the way that we can. The biggest misnomer in dieting is that you need to reverse diet slowly. The only reason why they want you to reverse dieting slowly is because that's what you want. That's not what right. works best. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. it's obvious that the people that do it faster get to a significant amount of calories much quicker, much normalized, much faster, right? And then you're more productive in the gym. You have more energy around the house. Yeah. Mentally, you feel better. Mentally, too. you like, feel that's better. That's the worst part about dieting all the time is that. But what's interesting, what's interesting about Stephanie, you know, because I, I think her calories are right at about 1,800 um, for an average. What's interesting about Stephanie is she's like, I'm loving it. I'm loving. Yeah. She's got her, she feels awesome. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that there is something to that. Right. I mean, yeah. because, you know, she, she had worked to this point. Now she's already relatively lean. You know, I can tell you this, you know, um, most people that have a lot of weight to lose, they see enormous success with eat to perform. Mm -hmm. Right. If they take it serious, if they right. don't take it serious and they view us as a version of I can still eat McDonald's and do eat to perform. Right. Yes, you can still eat McDonald's and eat to perform. But if you eat McDonald's every day, you're you just you're. It's another version of snuggling up to the abusive, abusive relationship. Yeah. You right. know? You're setting yourself up to fail. I mean, I can't say that I eat a lot of McDonald's because I, I don't, you know? I don't. I don't even know that I did. I don't even know that I did when I was overweight. Um, I Well, I mean, I did the whole fast food thing when the kids were little, right? Yeah. Being on the run, like constantly back and forth from preschool. It was the easy... <laughs> don't you hate that don't uh, that's yeah. what i hate about the the food snobs right yeah look i love whole foods and i believe that you should spend as much as you can afford to put the best stuff in your body okay right. but if we're judging people making decisions based on convenience mm -hmm. that to me feel feels you know abusive right you know oh yeah i mean like the the parents that are you know going to mcdonald's like even when i went to mcdonald's for my children um, which was a very long time ago mm -hmm. um it wasn't a lot you know it was just when we didn't have time to cook you know right um and i think that 
I mean, the best way to describe it is when I when I first started, I had like this condition, all these conditions on my journey, you know, all the things that I would never give up. And those things are not a part of my life right now. You know, um, I remember I would never give up my bagel and my coffee with cream and, you know, my coffee with cream and sugar, you know. Um, but once I figured out that that was like a thousand calories that I was kind of just wasting, you know. Yes. I started to fill that thousand calories with whole foods and not only was I, did I have more energy, but it just made more sense, right? Yeah. But I don't think you can get there, you know, I mean, I know the appeal of things like Atkins where it's like, well, you know, I love that. I love like, you know, there was, there was a group that was suggested for me, like ketogenic dieters, you know. Um, and it was recipes for ketogenic dieters. And I'm like, I wanted to join oh the God. group and just like put a big image of steak. Right. Cause that's what happens. Right. When you, when you look at ketogenic dieting, you think to yourself, well, I can eat steak and bacon. I love steak and bacon, man. By the fifth day of steak and bacon, you hate your life. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, trying to. Um, it's so interesting reading that book, you know, The Hour Between Dog and Wolf, and talking about how much glucose that the brain needs and why it's so important from a biomechanical standpoint. It's just really interesting book. Um, and I do think that creatine is a, a part of that. Um, but... Uh, you know, the main point of what we were really talking about here, though, is, you know, you've got to take the lead. You've got to believe that you're the one that can make it happen. And I do think the the, the metaphor of Everest, right, if you didn't know the path, would you still do it? If you didn't know, I mean, yeah, either perform coaches can help you. There's thousands of people that will literally give you your food log, their food log. But if you say to yourself, well, these are the conditions I'm going to put on my success, then you're going to fail, right? Because you're, you're, you're essentially setting up these landmines. Okay, so, so I'm going to start off this new plan, but I'm going to put this landmine over here and this landmine over here, this right. landmine. And the minute I hit it, I'm done, right? right. I'm just done, you know. And, uh, and so to me, you know, you, you have to say to yourself, you know, what would I be willing to do to succeed at my health? And I don't think people look at it that way. I don't be, you know, I, I think that people, people say, I mean, there is no shortage of people willing to sell you a solution and like baby bird you. Right. That's the idea. They're selling you that you're a baby bird, you know, right. and they're going to feed you the solution. And it's only going to cost you five thousand dollars a year. Right. But they're going to baby bird you for the rest of your life. The only problem is their only solution is lower. Right. right. And if you look at any of the literature, it will tell you that lower consistently is going to harm you. That's why everyone has a thyroid issue. That's why people's right. hair are falling out. I mean, like, in the 1950s, it would have been ridiculous to say to a woman that, 
you know, your hair is, you need hair replacements, right? Yeah. Because dieting was not as popular as it is right now. You know, we've done it to ourselves and myself included. I mean, that was how I learned a lot of these solutions. And so to me, it's sort of funny that, you know, there's an abundance of evidence that starving yourself constantly, you know, is not a solution. I mean, because when people are, when people are listening to this, they say to me all the time, man, I listen to your podcast and oh my God, I finally figured it out that, you know, I was eating 1100 calories a day, even though I was paleo, right? And even though I was eating mostly whole foods, you know, I just did not, my, my brain was foggy all the time. I did not feel like a regular human being. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's not, it's not paleo. That's the problem. It's not the whole foods. That's the problem. It's the less part. That's the problem. Right. Right. I mean, when you're like eating your chicken and kale and then you go, I'm going to eat less chicken and kale, you know, that's when you start to run it. I, I'm, I've been overdoing the chicken and kale. And then the problem that you run into, it's not overdoing the chicken and kale. Honestly, that's just a joke, but it's the fact that you have, you know, a cookie, maybe even a paleo cookie, and then your weight spikes up, and then all the paleo people, then they, they immediately have a solution for you because they're oh, going to yeah. tell you that your paleo cookie is the reason why you gain three to four pounds. It's actually not the reason why you gain three or four pounds. The reason you gain three or four pounds is because your body wanted sustenance. <laughs> your body wants to hold on to fat in that scenario to preserve right. you, right? It's Anything not, out. it's not yeah. like your body is in starvation mode. That's bullshit. It's your body naturally wants to preserve you as a human being. And so when you were under eating and now all of a sudden you're eating an energy dense food, even though it might have nuts in it and really low sugar, you know, it's still going to store that as fat, Right. And all these people that are playing with this insulin idea and stuff like this, they don't really know what they're talking about, you know, because if you are building muscle mass, you need insulin to do that. And if you are building muscle mass, you're actually putting your, your tendons are becoming stronger. Your bones are becoming stronger. I mean, we eat the most calcium as a nation of any other nation, I believe, right? Per capita. Yet we have the osteoporosis. It's not the calcium that's the problem. It's the fact that we're not asking our body to do what it needs to do, right? And so I really did like that that documentary, you know, in talking about the interventions for people as a first step. It's called Choices. Um, but it was a good first step if you're pre-diabetic and stuff like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, and I'll kind of end on this note. The, the last thing that, you know, was a topic that we talked about in the private groups this week was sugar, right? And the recommendations on sugar. There's some people that are like, well, I can get away with a lot of sugar and then I can get, you know, but the world, you know, the world health organization recommends this. Look, if you're a little bit more active, you can get away with a little bit sugar, a little bit more sugar. Should you? I'm not pro-sugar. I'm not a pro-sugar guy, right? 
Right. Uh, we're, we're really talking about carbs and starches. And so the majority should be carbs and starches. Now, if you're reaching your goals and you're living a healthy life and, you know, certainly I'm in favor of having chocolate cake occasionally. Certainly right. I'm in favor of, um, it, it's, it's just so funny to me that if you look at a can of Campbell's soup, and one of yeah. the first ingredients is high fructose corn syrup. People right. point to that all the time, right? The person feeding their child tomato soup is feeding them that out of convenience, right? Right. And you talking down to them and really kind of calling them ignorant is not helping right. the discussion. Right. And so I did like that about this documentary that it talked about the interventions and talking about being a little bit more aware. I mean, when we talk about, you know, just knowing what you're putting in your body, people go, but isn't counting calories a form of an eating disorder? Oh, my God. I mean, like we're we're not talking about under eating. We're talking about just understanding eating. Right. And so if I can talk to people and say to them. Tomato soup has a lot of high fructose corn syrup, right? But I understand that occasionally, you know, tomato soup with cheese crackers is actually a good meal, right? right. It can serve a purpose for a moment in time, you know? Right. Would you be better off if you didn't eat that consistently? Of course you would, right? I mean, I had some idea that a lot of the things that I was eating when I was overweight weren't good for me, you know, but all the food purists and the food zealots and stuff like that who talked down to me, I hated those people and I, I did not gravitate to their program based on that, right? right? And so I often left and there will be people that will say, but Paul, you do have standards. You do tell people you need them to do the plan. Here is the plan. Here's what you do. Every program has to have standards. They have to be who they are, right? And so if I can say to you that I believe that moving is the answer, and that I believe being at a higher calorie point most of the time where you're normal and where your weight is stable. And you are making irresponsible decisions. It's up to me as a coach to be able to call you out on that. That doesn't oh, make yeah. me like evil. Right. Um, there has to be a point where you are stern in saying this is who we are. And if. You, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that just fundamentally believe that they should not be able to eat an adequate amount of food and they have no idea what an adequate amount of food equals for what they do. There's a lot of endurance people trying to get away with 1400 oh calories. They oh have their, their thyroid is shot. You know, they, they're all kinds of overuse issues, overtraining issues. They sleep four hours a day. But then the minute you say to them, you have a food problem. Well, no, I don't. I mean, 
we cannot help that person. We cannot help you if the answers are so obvious and you won't try the other, right? And so that doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that we're bad. It's just, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what we believe. And we'd like to get you there. You might not believe that today, but most ether performers that have been around for a while, they all believe what we believe, right? Right. And they've had good success because of it, you know? Um, not saying that it's not hard. Not saying that there's not work. Not saying that there, you know, you, you, you have to prep your food. You know, I mean, one of the big things that we talked about was the McDonald's and the tomato soup and stuff like that. I don't do those things now because I prepare my food ahead of time. I'm going to get off of this podcast. I'm going to put rice in a bowl. I'm going to have a little salad and I'm going to have some chicken, all of which is prepared. It'll take me three minutes to make. I didn't have that 15 years ago. So right. what I did at that point was I would just go to the easiest solution possible, right? And then when I went to the easiest solution possible, which was typically energy dense, I wasn't working out. And right. so one of the memes that we used to have, which was a little insensitive, but it was true, right? Was that the things that, that make you gain fat when you aren't working out is the thing that makes you jacked when you do work out, right? Oh, yeah. You need energy. You need food. Right. And so uh, I, I just, I don't know that it's frustrating. I, I, think it, I think it is frustrating because you do want people to be, I, as, okay, I will say it's frustrating as a coach. It's frustrating as a coach. To know that you have the answer that could help someone, that could change right. their life, but they've set the landmines that are going to right. set up their failure. And so, right. you know, the only way that I can communicate that is through Facebook, through podcasts, through the app. But at right. the end of the day, if the person's going to set landmines for their failure all the time, there's really not a lot that I can do about that. And I can say that that's not frustrating to me. I know that this is a hard journey. I know that climbing Everest, the first person that climbed Everest, that was hard and it was scary and it was uncomfortable. I mean, my sea turtle, turtle metaphor, you know, where dieting is the light and the light is yeah. what kills sea turtles compared mm -hmm. to the ocean, which is uncomfortable. Right? Right. Um, and, you know, through some level of trial and error in the ocean, sea turtles are making this major comeback. And, and I really genuinely believe that five years from now, there's going to be a lot of copycats of what we do. There's going to be a lot of, lot of, you know, a lot more ether performers, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we had a great meeting yesterday. And that meeting was basically about what, you know, what we think the next, you know, five years look like. And one discussion was looking at bringing on investors and, and really trying to make a run at, you know, 
Weight Watchers and SimFast and these types of places. But what we ultimately came up with was just keep doing what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. there's still a part of me that believes there's only so many gangsters out there. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, I think that we make gangsters. You know, but you, you, there's only so many people that are willing to take the reins, right? There's a lot of people that are more than willing to be a victim. You know. Oh yeah. And when you lose that card, that's when the difference really starts to happen. And so, you know, we're probably going to grow slower than we would if if we went to... The problem with, you know, taking on outside investors is now all of a sudden somebody's got to tell me what to do, right? <laughs> and so, so... We cannot have that. I do not operate well under that scenario. Hey, Paul... <laughs> You constantly saying that dieting is the problem, uh, you know. There's a lot of people that say they would join Eat to Perform if there was like a whole dieting part to the whole deal. It's like, well, yeah, but that's gonna kill the brand, you know. The brand is about not dieting, you know. And anybody signing up for the plan and wondering, like, hey, why, why is this guy trying to get me to eat eat food? You know, seems so weird. You know, and why doesn't he hate carbs or why doesn't he hate fats? You know, well, because all those things equal calories, you know, and we believe calories are the answer. All right, guys, we're going to end on that note. Everybody have a great weekend. Keep your weekend a little bit tighter, though. Right. I think what's happened for a lot of people is that, you know, they went through the summer. They had a little bit too much Dairy Queen. They want to tighten things up. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, but that football game with those wings and beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. football every weekend. Yep. Yeah. And high school stuff, a lot, of, a lot of families with high school stuff happening, homecoming games even, yeah. college. Yeah. So I'm really excited, you know, the with, with all the people that are going to be starting on October 2nd that did three to four months worth of work oh, to get to where they really are. Awesome. Right? Um. All right, guys, we'll end on that note. Talk to you later. Bye now. Bye.